this is where all the Rolex people don't say anything and just look at each other and smile and be like, yeah, yeah, go with what he said. <laughs> uh, the reality is that is is not why. It's the art of making something different while having the same product. That's really what it is. So this is the art of making something different while having the exact same product. Welcome to a blog to watch weekly with Rick and Ariel. Also featuring David and Bilal this week as the team descend en masse to Watches and Wonders 2022 to look at all the latest and greatest watch releases. So without further ado, here's Ariel. Enjoy the show. Okay, so this is our this is our first discussion, maybe our only discussion, maybe one of many discussions about Watches and Wonders 2022. We're here in Geneva. Uh, we have a full complement of about six blog to watch team members, and it's day two. We've seen Rolex, we've seen Tudor, we know all of the new watches, uh, we have a lot of first impressions of the show. We'd like to talk a little bit about what it's like to be here and some of the products that we're seeing that are interesting and uh, ideally some watches that you might want to buy um, over the course of the, the next of the year, or if it's Rolex, many years in the future. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you guys agree that, that Rolex still dominates the conversation in terms of what's, uh, what's coming out? Well, uh, should we say who's actually here first of all? That might make sense. You want to list thirty-eight they, names? No, no. As in, who's around this table, Ariel? They know who you are. Oh. They know who I am. They don't know who else I've got. So, mystery guest, do you want to introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. This is David. You might have seen me actually in the Rolex video of all things that we uh, rolled yesterday. Ah, right, very good. Yeah, going yes. hands-on with the watches. The so. the person that does the uh, blog to watch weekly voiceover would like to say a particular hello to you, David. She oh, really? She was yeah. like, say hello to David for me. So yes, you were saying, Arrow, is it just the same sto- story as always and Rolex dominates sh- the show? Well, this is, I mean, it's, it's funny, we joke, it's the first SIHH with Rolex, right? The SIHH name has now been deprecated. It's still very hard for a lot of us to remember to say watches and wonders. Doesn't Despite the big, huge signs everywhere. Well, it looks exactly like the SIJH signs, <laughs> just something else. This is sort of like two shows in one. You have what more or less looks like SIHH with, I would say, 85% of the same brands. And then across the way is uh, what they sort of affectionately call Rolex and Friends, which has <laughs> mostly... I'm sure Patek love that description. <laughs> yeah, it does, you know, Patek and Friends doesn't really roll off the, the tongue as much. <laughs> But those are a lot of the Hall 1 brands that were at Basel World. So you have this sort of hybrid, half SIHH, half Basel World, called Watches and Wonders. I think that it's great that they put it on, for sure. I know that up until a few months ago, it was not clear if this was even going to happen. And I think it was a great decision because I've heard no one say that they're unhappy to be here. Mm -hmm. So there are watches. Have there been wonders? They can't just call the show Watches. <laughs> <laughs> that domain name's already taken. W- wonders are all those things where we ask ourselves, I wonder who's going to buy this. And that's what it is. So it's Watches, and then we wonder, what is the market going to do with this strange thing? So that's what I think Watches and Wonders mean. Okay, so let's talk about the star of the show so far, which actually, I'm told, is David's Moonwatch, which has been getting more attention than anything else at Watches and Wonders. Yeah, just a few days mm. before the show... Mm. Uh, the Omega by Swatch collaboration came out, and um, I think, David, you should talk a little bit about your harrowing experience <laughs> getting one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everyone's been asking about this watch. At least, like, 40 people, maybe more, uh-huh. have come up. And, you know, just and you're wearing it on your right wrist. What are you wearing on your left? Yeah, so just now I was just grabbing a bite to eat, and I, we were sitting at these, like, huge round tables that seat, like, 10 people. And right across from it, someone was like, hey, is that the new Moon's watch? Meanwhile, on my other wrist is, like, a 
28,000 Swiss rank skeletonized watch with a silicium balanced wheel and gold infused carbon case <laughs> and all that. And they're like, is that the new Moon's watch on my other wrist? Same like, case material. It's <laughs> a bit of a stretch, yeah. yeah. I mean, the gold infused carbon is not bio, okay? So that's that's where the Moon's watch wins. I mean, seriously, it's been, it's been getting all the attention for some mm-hmm. reason. I went to Vienna. And queued there. Uh-huh. I actually woke up at 2.45 a.m., drove <laughs> with a friend of mine two and a half hours to Vienna. Uh-huh. We stood in line from 5.30. I said, you know, we have to be there before sunrise because right. the moment the sun is up, we'll we, we be like there. And that's how it happened. So uh-huh. we were like 80th or maybe the 100th in the, in the, in the uh, queue. But at the end, it was like 2,000 people. Easy. Wow. Well, I, I'd like to actually do a, a whole show dedicated to just the... The phenomenon that has become the moon watch, but well, so we'll leave it. The, the moon watch, moon watch, the moon watch. Yeah, the moon watch is something else. By yeah, yeah. somebody. It's a zero more expensive, or maybe yeah. Was it you, time. David, that said that Swatch needs to make in the blog to Swatch Watch? No, that was me. Oh, that was you. Yeah, for April Fool, we should rename the site a blog to Swatch. That's I love that. We should just make it in the blog to Swatch Watch. A blog to Swatch Watch. Yeah, okay. Well, we, we'll uh, float the idea by them. Do a uh, uh, Scottish watches. Swatch yeah, I remember watch, that. So, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sure a blog to watch one would be. It's doable, but can't be. One, it would have to be one of those movements that isn't too loud. Like their lawyers are so ready. <laughs> <laughs> How loud is it? Is it proper loud? Like, have you been able to? Uh, you're in a little hotel room. Are you, are you having to put it in? That's the, the quieter safe one. Or leave yeah, yeah. Outside? yeah, exactly. That's like that. the quieter one. Those chronograph ones. It's the three hand ones. Those mm-hmm. are the really loud ones. Yeah, the three hand. Thankfully, this is not yeah, loud. Yeah, it's because of the size of the seconds hand. There's no like sound dampening, so it's just like hard plastic on hard plastic. <laughs> every second every hertz every one hurts my dear mother has like nine swatches and they are like situated right next to one another so whenever i go over it's like and i'm like i can't even like it can't stay in the same room it's so damn loud it's it's really i love how we're talking about a brand that two brands that aren't even at the show yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. let's revert back to yeah wonders panerai had a nice booth what's with the cave theme this year underwater cave theme Okay, but Montblanc also was in a cave. Uh, they were in a glacier. <laughs> is this in any way reflecting the status of Richemont at the moment? Rocks, caves, glaciers? I mean, they put a lot of effort into the presentation of these booths where another brand goes up to me and says, who isn't participating here but is visiting, it's like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I don't know why we should spend millions of dollars on this when we don't need this anymore to sell to retailers. They like the social component. Yeah, They need it for media. Obviously, it's a great branding endeavor to have a fancy visual presentation, but it's as though Richemont hasn't always quite figured out what to do with a show like this in the modern era. And a lot of the brands have. Um, I think Richemont is still trying to figure it out, but congratulations to them for you know, putting on Watches and Wonders, mm-hmm. doing everything. It's The show is comfortable. There's more facilities than ever. Nothing is perfect, of course, but I'm, I'm genuinely impressed as to how smooth it's going because this could have been a lot worse mm. like a lot worse <laughs> but they, again this is it's, again it's essentially like SIHH plus so let's talk about some actual watches that actually are here whether you'll be able to buy them or not another thing but let's start with the beasts let's start with uh, Rolex Tudor and Patek I felt that the the release of the show well the release that everybody was looking for as to the the GMT Master 2 in slightly what you would call in films uncanny valley territory. Mm-hmm. It just kind of... Looks upside down, doesn't it? Yeah, it looks upside down rather than left-hand drive. Mm-hmm. Although, when I was flying over here, I had a revelation. I don't know whether 
this is any motivation for what Rolex are doing because I, I don't understand them moving the date wheel. And then I had to think about it and I thought, what is the world's most sold watch right now? And it's the Apple Watch. So most people in the world who wear a watch wear an Apple Watch. And most people in the world are right-handed. So they will wear that Apple Watch on their left hand. So have Rolex actually designed a watch designed for double wristing? Because it's specifically designed for your guy about town, your girl about town, who wants to buy a nice watch, but still wants to wear their Apple Watch. And is so used to wearing their Apple Watch on their left hand that they can't actually do anything other than put a luxury watch on the right and therefore having the date peeking through your cuff actually does make sense because I can't make sense of why you would move the date. I can understand a left hand, you know, people get the crown This is where all hands. the Rolex people don't say anything and just look at each other and smile and be like, yeah, yeah, go with what he said. Yeah, go with it. <laughs> uh, the reality is that is is not why. It's the art of making something different while having the same product. Right. That's really what it is. So this is the art of making something different while having the exact same product. So is this me like being one of those English teachers who read something into the book, even when the author phones up and says, no, that's not what I meant in the yeah, book. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. To read yeah. The mind I mean, look, it's, this is what sells watches, is these stories and these emotions, and you can imagine why it is, and they want you to imagine. But the reality is they have very limited sort of bandwidth of, of being able to deviate from the formula. They don't have any desire to break to break something which isn't isn't you know or fix something that isn't broken so to say they have to work within these very narrow confines and flipping the movement upside down and printing the date wheel differently and, and i mean their their big story was how they had to revamp their in-house testing process to accommodate a watch with the crown on the other side all right okay like that's really their that's what they want everyone to be impressed about and i was like I, it's fine and all but it's like they're not claiming this serves any purpose. Let's put it that way. I was trying to figure out what it does. So if they flip the movement, does it wind the other way? Like when you wind the watch, I was trying in my mind's eye, if you take a watch and you turn the movement round without doing any gearing change. No, then it does doesn't it, make any difference. Then does it mean that it winds? If you go a watch 180 degrees, does it not wind the opposite direction? No. No. Okay. In the same way how when you're making uh, like a hairpin turn in your car and yeah. your steering wheel is upside down, you can still turn it the same way. All right, okay. Okay, now you've really confused me. No, but actually, okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Whoa. Hold on. There's a difference between turning the movement like this mm -hmm. and then flipping it upside down. Right, okay. So this is just the 180. Yeah, yeah so done That's it why it's the same. But if it was flipped, that's yeah, yeah. when right, okay. it would do so that. But right, then okay. you would have the dial on the case by side. So <laughs> 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 uh, no, no, but that's, they, sometimes they re-engineer it. We bring you Watches and Wonders 2023, oh, the yeah. upside-down Rolex. Um, wow. Look, the Rolexes that I thought were good was the, the Deep Sea that is slightly updated. And I asked Rolex... It's like, why didn't you make more of a big deal out of this? Why isn't even your press kit? Da, 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 da. And they're like, because it doesn't need to be. We just focus on what we want to. We really don't have any, we're not in a rush to do anything. We don't have any rules or parameters. We just, you know, basically do what we feel like. And that's really the answer. Although I noticed they've removed the glide, is it glide lock Rolex call it? Yeah. Uh, they've removed that functionality from the deep sea. Um, don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah. We'll have to. We have another meeting with them to check out those watches. So we're going to inspect all these details. Cool. Well, we have been joined by the late who have finished drinking their free booze uh, outside and now cho <laughs> choosing to come in. So we will hook them up shortly. But what then was impressing you within Rolex, David? 
I quite like the fact that uh, they actually did this GMT Master 2 in the sense that, it, precisely for the reason that Ariel mentioned, it's the art of making the same product, but that, telling a different story. And again, every year I look forward to Rolex releases because I wonder how they are going to walk that extremely thin line, you know, that is that is them not upsetting anybody, but doing something new so that no one can say that they are a stale brand, you know? So how can you do something new without really doing anything new? And this is what came out of the box, apparently. Mint green, they just, which is nice. The art of trading water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, they came out with, and again, we didn't see it, but the solid gold version of the uh, the GMT Master 2 with the green dial that was an existing piece. They brought it back with the new movement and stuff like that. That's another one we need to see. That was the first ever one to have the Saracron bezel. Uh, All yeah. gold and with the green dial. Yeah, yeah, probably that. So that's, again, uh, they just sort of like quietly recome out with it. And, and quietly discontinue some other stuff like the OP or the Oyster Perpetual with the yellow dial, for example, discontinued completely. Yeah. Prices, I was looking at it right when I learned about this fact, like day one of Watches and Wonders at like 8 a.m. or whatever it was, 9 a.m. So I went to Chrono 24. I looked at the price. It's 20,000. I, I go back there 2 p.m., 36,000. So as I understand it, they discontinued the yellow, the red, and the, in quotations, the Tiffany blue. But right? only on the 41. Only the 41. Yeah, right, the okay. turquoise is gone only on the uh, on the 41, yeah. Right, okay. Any particular reason why you think they would do that other than just being the awkward squad? I, I think it was not really their thing. This was an oddball thing for all right, us, okay. honestly. Uh, I, I don't think they wanted to be associated with all these bold colors and do and whatever. This this was fun while while it lasted, and they will come back with something flashy and colorful within five to ten years. There he is. We have been joined by another blog to watch team member, mystery guest, a blog to watch team member. Who are you? Where are you from? <laughs> Bilal Khan from Los Angeles. Happy to be here. Yay! First time caller. First time caller. <laughs> Long time listener. <laughs> Good stuff. So, Blout, we were just touching on Rolex very quickly. Your highlight of the Rolex launches? I'm not a lefty, but I guess the GMT was uh, pretty cool. The green is cooler than the actual watch, in my opinion. Right, okay. That's a good point. Cool. So from Rolex, we moved on to, shall we go to Patek or Tudor next? Take your picks. Well, we haven't done our Patek Philippe meeting yet. Ah. And so we want to reserve a little bit of our opinions for actually we see the watches, That's not just thing. in the windows. Okay, good. I think everybody was quite excited about there being <clears throat> a new Nautilus, which there is not. Of course there isn't. There's just, yeah. there's just more gold. Lots. Of, uh, look, the stuff from Patek is lovely, but it's, it's high end. And it is interesting to see that certain brands really want to go for the entry-level market and the other ones just seem to have no interest in it. Yeah. Like hmm. Patek could not care less about under $30,000 watches. Like yeah. at all. Like it's just, it's it's, it's like it's a bother. That's, yeah. much like your, that's much like yourself, Ariel. You don't care about thirty five hundred. dollars I are do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tudor had the Black Bay Pro, which honestly, I think the Pro like term is so overused in uh -huh. products today it's silly it's very like me too like oh we want to have a pro as well after we have a plus or whatever <laughs> and an ultra. Um, this is basically their We're version talking about you bogey <laughs> it's no, it's a combination of the explorer one and the explorer two <laughs> right in terms of size it's 39 it's quite thick but it's a gmt fixed bezel polished uh fixed bezel um like the uh the explorer two it's it's a it's a it's a it's a really handsome watch um, I think that one will do quite well for them. A whole slew of new two-tone things. Um, but, I mean, we're really going back to baby Rolex. Like, yeah. they sort of deviated for a little while. Like, oh, we can do our own thing, Fast Rider. No, uh -huh. now it's it's straight back to baby Rolex. Like, just right out of the old playbook. But isn't that the point of Tudor? Yeah. 
Well, yes, but remember a couple of years ago they said, oh, this is no longer has to be the point of tutor. Well, but someone then remembered that Gustav set it up precisely to be the shield that protects the king. You know, that's the that's the point. Oh, that's why that, it has the shield deep. logo. Oh, yeah. That was deep. Yeah, that, that's not me. That's Gustav. Again, it's it's very good stuff for the money. It's hard to beat the value proposition there. I do like a little bit more originality. I just I wonder if people like us look at the tutor and don't think, boy, I'd really rather have the Rolex. Like, does anyone say like this? You know, the, the tutor uh, root beer is better than the Ro- no. Everyone would rather have the Rolex and I want to have ones where I'm like, no, I'm super happy with it. Like my favorite one came out a couple months ago and it was the black ceramic version of the Black Bay. It's the Metis certified movement, which is the same that uh, that Omega has. I mean, it's a government certification. Anyone can have it. For me, that's exciting. I liked the Pro. I think it's going to sell a lot of units. It does look like the vintage Explorer 2, which is neat. Yeah, it's not exciting or anything too new, but... You know, it's Tudor. It's it's high quality, under four grand. You know, I don't expect too much innovation every single year from them. Best of the rest of what you've seen thus far, what's been your highlights and lowlights? Ariel's clearly been a big fan of everything that Pan and I have gotten offered this year. Uh-huh. But, but other than that, <laughs> what's what's been your what's been your highlight so far, Ariel, of everything you've seen or what you're looking forward to? Look, actually, I think stuff from Panerai and a lot of the Richemont brands is abundantly commercial. I was very impressed at some of the detail that's gone into the recent Mont Blanc products, the new iced sea uh, dive watch collection is not something you expect to see sort of an iso certified 300 meter diver that isn't too thick you know you have a show where grand seiko is coming out with you know thirteen thousand dollar 200 meter water resistant dive watches that don't look significantly different than the watches that were a fraction of the price a few years ago and that's most impressive whereas you have mont blanc come out with a a, a genuinely competent handsome looking collection uh, it's got the whole slew of features you want, micro-adjust, bracelet that comes off easily. Um, you know, it, movement is, is nothing fancy. Dials are cool. They're inspired by glaciers. I mean, but again, there's not a lot of storytelling there. So you ha- so what's interesting at this show, I think more than ever, is outside of the main things like the Rolexes and Tudors, we have to hunt for those cool watches. It's not like everyone's talking about it. Um, we still have a lot of the independents to see. They're doing some cool stuff there. But again, I think a lot of it of the show is selling to that traditional luxury audience that sort of buys the Cartiers and things of the world. Just wants nice things, deeply technical watches and things like that. I think we're going to have to wait a couple more years to come out just because, again, they're trying to respond to what they see as being current market demands. So where are you looking forward to going to that you've not been to yet? Well, I think that a lot of the fun stuff that makes us smile to look at is going to be outside of the show from the little the little brands and things like that. So that what are you're saying is you're all going to queue up at the Swatch Boutique for more of these watches? No, I, I I mean, look, this this show is about everybody sort of returning to what they're doing. People making slightly new versions of the stuff they have. I mean, for years we'd go to these shows and the talk was, why do we have to come out with brand new collections all the time? If you know, It's for media purposes, sure, but... This industry doesn't operate like fashion. It doesn't need like an annual cycle. So us as media people and as collectors, we're so hungry for all this new stuff. But ultimately, it's the stuff that sort of makes us roll our eyes and, and say like yawn, boring, which is which is what mostly sells. So we have to keep in mind the, the commercial realities of a fragile industry desperately looking for some uh, stability again. So David, what about yourself? I was particularly keen to see what TAG were up to. We seem to have made a little bit of a splash. 
have you been into SeaTac yet? Yeah, we've been there. We've seen those. But actually, they, they were one of the low lights for, for me, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. I, I thought that most of the designs were kind of half-baked or, or kind of cartoonish in a way that doesn't really resonate with me. I, I like... I like bold designs and colors and, and larger surfaces on watches. It doesn't have to be like finicky and shiny all the time. But I looked at these and I felt like a few years ago, I already felt like new Tecoyer watches were just designed in a rush. I feel like I look at them and I'm like, okay, this is ready because it has some orange on it or some green on it. Just throw it out. And I feel like, you know, this doesn't feel like a product that a lot of thought went into. By contrast, the Montblanc that we saw, the case, the the execution of the case, the little things like the micro adjust in the in the bracelet, the dial with these glacier kind of texture to it. Everywhere I looked on this watch, whether I liked it or not, I could see attention to detail. And a lot of the times, I don't li I don't see that on Tag, recently. And I like Tag a lot, but I don't see that on Aqua Racers and whatever. So Mont, Mont Blanc is getting a couple of positive votes. Yeah in the show so far yeah i mean it's look I, I think david makes a very important point about tag Heuer. this is a brand that can do innovation very very well i actually think their strongest current product is the connected i think it does a very good job what we saw a lot of is tag again trying to go back to history the new monaco with the hoyer o2 looks like every other one except it has their better in-house movement so that's fantastic the aqua racer collection is it's a it's it's a volume leader it, it sells to people that aren't watch consumers it helps them make money but like no one at this show walking around not even at tag or uh, tag is wearing an aqua racer uh -huh. like it's it's not really a show for a watch for people like us very much like the date just for many years just like you'd never see a watch collector ever wear a date just like it just wasn't something that a collector would do then they became harder to get like oh you have a rolex um, but, you know, like, like no collector would be caught dead wearing a Datejust. <laughs> That's part of it. But I think, uh, at least uh, from my point of view, what made me like the Datejust is the configurability. So I go there and I'm oh, like... I mean, I have one. I like it. What it's is the Datejust that reflects my personality? Like, what's the size? What's the material? Yeah. What's the dial? What's the bezel style? You can you can pick and choose, which makes me wonder why is Panerai still, you know, like, just not rolling that out? I mean, all of these people are waiting for the subdial to be in the right place and, like, the color to be just right and whatever. When just just let me put it together. I mean, you guys have made like 400 different SKUs of the same freaking watch, and but I would like the 401st basically that I would I would like to put together because they are, they have detached themselves from this historic connection so far that it, it doesn't really it, they don't even talk about it anymore, you know, which is I think a good thing. But again, we are in between these two things. It's not historically relevant or true, but it doesn't really yet. It it isn't yet configurability. We haven't know. seen Longa yet, and Longa oh. is always a brand that leaves us. Very impressed. Mm. You the know. titanium Odyssey. That's yeah. crazy. Do you think somebody gets to keep the enormous Langa watch that's in... I've asked them about that yeah. uh, multiple think times. Do, think we can do a giveaway. They <laughs> actually... In storage. They, I think what they said is they would love to give these away because uh -huh. they, they cost so much to store because they have all the old ones. Oh, where, yeah. yeah, they're expensive to make and expensive to store. So actually, right. if I you can really say, want one, you can get one. As somebody that operates very large warehouses as part of my day job, I hereby volunteer to store <laughs> the enormous line of You hear that, Longe? <laughs> so yeah. we're reaching out to you from the show. We got storage space for you. What happened with the Ubla booth? Sorry, I'll tell the story. Oh, so uh, a lot of the booths here are basically the same booth that they used at Basel World. And, you know, Rolex, for example, and Patek Philippe, uh, maybe Chopard. It's the exact same booth. Uh, Hublot, I, I went to them because they have a brand new booth, and I was complimenting it. 
<laughs> he told us that the old one had been destroyed because <laughs> they weren't sure that they ever need something like that again. <laughs> um, and I don't know, maybe they cursed it because I spent too many years in the little tiny rooms there. So they have a much nicer space now. But um, it, it's just funny that a couple of years ago when brands, you know, saw that Basel World died, they did not know what was to come. But a brand like Hublot has basically gone to every event that it can since and has showed up a lot of places. So there's been this strange conversation going about, like, do we need watch shows anymore? And I think that the industry, especially after the pandemic, has collectively agreed that for this industry to run, people have to meet face-to-face and people have to physically touch watches. Yeah, this is the first big watch show I've ever been to. And it's quite clear that most of the people spend most of the time sitting down in the comfy chairs, doing the deals, getting to know people, chatting, getting the gossip, whatever it is, doing the politics, rather than actually in the booths looking at the watches. It's quite clearly uh, a very lot. If you could just get everybody in a great big tent somewhere and the brands just gave everybody a thousand dollars to attend rather than having to spend millions and millions. They just paid us all to attend and they didn't have to do any booths, you probably still get just as much work done, just as much politics done. Yeah, I mean... As what happens. Look, it's a very civilized event right now, and I think that it's going to remain that way. It's going to grow. The problem is is that there's only so much time in the week, and there's only so much brands that anyone can meet with. So it's it's going to be interesting exercise to see how, how us um, and other media fare. But I think what's what's really true now that's very different than 10 years ago, is very little commercial business is done here. What I mean by that is uh, brands meeting with new retailers to open new doors, as well as the sale of, you know, wholesale sale of watches. Most of that, if not all of it, actually happens outside of the show. And years ago, I mean, this was like hustle, 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 get in here, show you the watches, take your order, and move on to the next retailer. And that's what this was about. So this is no longer a sales show in the sense that it used to be. There's still obviously enough of that going on, but it's really not the primary focus anymore. Well, a little earlier on when you mentioned the connected watch from Tag, Bilal looked like he wanted to jump across the table and slap you about the head. So, Bilal, what's been your highlights? He's clearly, a peaceful person. I, I thought, I mean, I've only met him for the first time today and he struck me as being <laughs> nice and peaceful, but you mentioned the, uh, a connected watch and there was steam coming out of his ears. No, no, just a squirm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say Hublot was impressive yeah, absolutely. this year. Um, the square Big Bang, which is... You know, Santos bang. It does look like the <laughs> Santos. On pictures. It's quite large, which I'm, you know, it's Hublot, so that's not a shock. But, um, you know, they've kind of done every single shape now at this point, other than a circular watch, I guess. So Hublot so far is probably my top brand, although it's still early in the show. You know, it's only been a full day and a half. Yes. So there's still two dozen more brands that we're going to visit so it could change i agree the one meeting i left thinking i'd like to take some watches with me was hublot i was trying to describe to ariel over lunch what something being marmite meant in the uk if something's marmite to any of you 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 know that term david you're yeah you whether like it or you hate it you're a european you know you've heard of marmite i've heard the expression you've heard the expression and that that was kind of how the watch community views hublot although i have to say having seen the stuff covered on a blog to watch i've not seen any of the stuff live yet I like the look of it. I think it looks great. <laughs> I want to see it. Let's try it on. Yeah. They know how to make something look very cool, skeletonized, which is not something most brands can do. Yeah. And for that 
I applaud them because I typically hate skeletonized dials, mm-hmm. but every time I see one of theirs, I'm, if not impressed, not disgusted by it. Praise doesn't get any higher than that. Uh, see that hubo? Doesn't disgust me. A high praise indeed. <laughs> Sign me up. H. Moser was the only company to do uh, April Fool's thing so far. Oh, is that right? Well, I'm just going on a limb here, but they right, have... It's, th- it's, not, it's not the first, though. I know. They like to do it early because oh, I think it's an actual watch they have at the show. Right. And it's a watch that's all Vanta Black. The Vanta Black Streamliner, I believe, you, is what yeah, it is. Yeah. Right? You're not allowed to wear it because you can't physically touch it. Uh, <laughs> but the joke is that it's so black it disappears. You can't actually see it. And I I like that kind of humor. You know, like that's that's a good joke product. Good stuff. Good stuff. So and well, you need to. We're recording this day before April the first. No doubt, by the time this goes out, you will see. Well, well, we never joke about anything on a blog to watch. It's fine. We're humorless. They're never. Everything on the website's <laughs> entirely serious. So there you go. So what's coming up? Have you got any plans to go away from the show? There's obviously plenty else going on in Geneva in terms of other brands that are showing. Is there anyone you're going to try and go and see? Yeah, a little bit later in the week, we're going to go venture off to some of the other shows and installations. Our primary focus is always going to be Watches and Wonders and making sure we see all the brands here. Um, we're getting through our meetings uh, pretty well, pretty well. Um, but unfortunately, we're, we're not going to be able to see a lot of these brands. But I think what's going to happen, like always, is we will come back to Switzerland a few times a year, various members of the team, uh, to, to see things that we miss. And that's that's always a big part of our job. And was there any chat when you were flown to Geneva by Georges Kern from Breitling about him just diving the plane into the ground and wiping out all the media and therefore all the coverage of all the watches at Watches and Wonders and the f- focus just being on Breitling? Oh. Um, sabotage, huh? Wow. Sabotage. Creative um, marketing. <laughs> I think he's a little bit too opposed to controversy to ever uh, encourage that. But yeah, maybe there's some other brands that could think <laughs> they could scheme in that way. Look, you know, it's a good time to be George Kern and Breitling. They had a really good momentum starting before the pandemic, which carried them through because they were able to sort of like more or less go as planned. They're spending a lot on research and development. They're doing some exciting things that we really can't talk about yet. But, you know, George has made it very clear. I'm running this brand. I'm trying to sell this brand. When the brand sells, I'm due to make a lot of money. And I'm going to do everything in my power to make this brand as attractive as possible and I will own to my a buyer. Own aeroplane and fly all over the world. Y- yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he's going for private jet money, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. So in one word, uh, the brand thus far that has been top top dog doesn't have to be at watch and wonders you could name omega or swatch or breitling but who in this last week one word only is top banana ariel i don't know i mean ah, that wasn't one word there's a hundred there's a hundred <laughs> brands here i mean for us the, the star of the week is just watches and wonders okay oh, too many left to see still too many left yeah to see. it wouldn't be fair to call anyone Judy's out still out okay yeah we'll, let's we'll return to that question in a week we'll, from se- now. we'll settle that question in a week's time although Bilal looks like he's i'll try to give a real answer vashron constantine i think is a runner for top three at least the 222 was so nice but also the skeletonized tourbillon is so nice yeah they do that they do watches like that's really really well it's a stunner i, I think it's in gold and in titanium and it looks so good i don't want to give it back I can't wait to well, see more of those. Well, you took it, did you? You got it. 
It's in my pocket right now. Excellent. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, well, you'll be hearing from us. We'll be running away from the police as he chases out of Watson Winners carrying all the watches that Bilal's got in his pocket. We're testing the security. Shh. Testing the security. Right. Well, thank you very much for listening and tune in again to a Blog to Watch Weekly, to Spending Time, to Superlative. Check out the website. All the latest coverage is there. There will be oodles of coverage. That's it from us. So say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. We'll see you all soon. Bye-bye.